gentlemen and welcome back to the eagle eye podcast it is episode 44 and today we have a packed show for everyone who is listening to this we have the classical hoven coming up we're going to be talking about that we're going to be discussing that three nil win against cholos and how well we looked and how not well we looked and we're going to break down a little bit of the lady aguilas is result and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about what uh, looks like is about to happen in regards to Tata Martino, but without me getting any further, let me introduce, as always, my co-host, Mr. Christian and Cowboy Dan. How are we doing? <laughs> Cowboy, Dan. Cowboy Dan. Is that going to be like the new thing now? Hey, he's been baptized by, at this point. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, even even whenever we had the Chivas and Norte guy, Rigo was disappointed not, not for Ivan to call me that. So I, <laughs> I, I now bestow upon you... The name of Cowboy Dan. Nice. I feel so, I feel nice. so blessed and honored. Nice. I've been good I, though. But just wait when y'all come to Texas, we're all gonna ride a bull. <laughs> we're, going, we're going rodeo, a hundred percent. Rodeo. <laughs> rodeo. But no, man, everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah. Good. You guys have a, yourself a pleasant Tuesday. It is Taco Tuesday, so I hope everyone is at home, ready watching this, or if you're listening to this, you got your tacos at hand with some great delicious salsa and ready to talk everything Las Aguilas de la America. Because, gentlemen, what a week it's been for our Aguilas. Uh, what would you guys sum it up? Uh, it was good. Uh, I liked the 3-0 win for once. It could have been better, though. It could have been a lot better, actually. It could have. It could have nearly been that 6-0 that Dylan was joking about that I wanted to maybe predict. Uh, but I think it was overall a pretty decent week for Aguilas de la América, not just the result, but everything that was going on around. The club just announced a new press area for the press down in Mexico, so that's also exciting. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Okay, a little behind. We're gonna be. We're, we're gonna. We're gonna try and hopefully be there next. Uh, next tournament in the Clausura. One of us will go down there. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, ladies. Still waiting for that gancito money. <laughs> Still waiting for a gancito. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> well, gentlemen, as you guys can see, it's uh, it, it's go time. We're going to talk everything in regards to that Cholos game. After that, we'll talk about the big game coming up. Probably, hence, one of the biggest games for us this season against Cruz Azul, who were the leaders. But... They lost out against Querétaro, which meant that with our victory against Cholos, looks like we're looking at the table from the top. Should be interesting to see how America can cope with set pressure and whether or not we're going to be able to keep that lead. We'll discuss all of that and more, and we'll talk a little bit about a boy wonder kid called Diego Linus and what you guys thought of him in regards to this game against Cholos and whether or not he deserves a start against Cruz Azul. And uh, we'll have to wait and see everything else going on around Henry Martin, Roger Martinez, what's going on with our strikers. So, gentlemen, without further ado, are we ready to talk about yes, America? sir. Yes. All right. Simple, straight to the point. Okay, gentlemen, Saturday, our mighty Eagles took on Cholos in the Estadio Seca. A scoreline that read 3-0, like I said earlier, catapulting us to the first place position. How do you guys take it after the final whistle blows? You see three points 
you see a three gold lead and you see us at the top of the table give me just a quick two three two, two three words on how you felt after the final whistle um two or three words is that all you want yeah just keep it short and simple oh, very happy christian very happy okay happy but improvements i don't know yeah i mean content it sounds like you're saying content, content. yeah very content. Much. yes content. there you go there you go today's, today's uh episode is brought to you by dictionary.com <laughs> well actually wouldn't that be more of a of a thesaurus Mm, yeah, because you're looking yes. for a word that yeah, means yeah, yeah. same as another word. Look at that, bringing you guys just one step closer to a public education near you. Um, so you satisfied, content. Uh, our good friend uh, Louis said uh, satisfied. I can go uh, with satisfied too. I think final whistle blows for me, and I say okay. And I'm just saying okay because whilst that was a very good performance, yes, it was a very good first half. It was a not a very good first half. Let me let me take that back. Yeah. It, was a con- it was an okay first half, okay. a better second half, but it wasn't the game we set up for America last week on the podcast. It was more of a game where it was scrappy at times, uh, a lot of mispossession, a lot of balls just kind of not finding the players you want them to find. Now, the pitch itself was not as big of a factor as we intended, as we thought it was going to be. Um, but I think just overall, the team in, in general, I think the fact that we got such an early goal kind of diminished everything else that we were expecting them to do. Because like we said, the one thing that we said against Tigres was America puts in a shift, gets an early goal, and then for some reason kind of falls back. We were hoping that we would get the early goal, which we did, but we were hoping that we were not going to make that same mistake again, but we did. Now, Christian, you talked about this. Now, why did you think the team just suddenly, after scoring that first goal, just kind of fell off? I don't know. I think it's something to do with Miguel Herrera. I think he just likes that one goal lead, that kind of one goal comfort. And I guess he's wanted to carry that until, you know, maybe the second half, which I, which me, you, and Dylan, we just don't agree. We should do that. We should keep pressing them like we did against Tigres in the second half. Dylan, anything you want to add on to that? Um, you know, just, how, you know, I kind of piggybacking off of Christian a little bit there, but you know, how much did Bioho have an effect in this? Because Bioho wasn't on the, on the sideline either. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, how much did really, did, did he have in that too as well? Or do you think, you know, um, what's his name that was on the sideline? Uh, do you think he just going off that? Cause he's learning from Bioho that way and Bioho's, uh, just rubbed off from him that way. Uh, you know what? I, I think the managerial thing, kind of always goes back to Piojo. I'm pretty sure Piojo had every intention of being in that game, uh, whether it was through walkie-talkie, whether it was through, you know, pre-instructions before the match started. There was was definitely contact with Piojo Herrera 24-7 whilst that game was going on. So I I, I do think Piojo Herrera's tactics and kind of his managerial style was a factor in regards to everything. But uh, interesting enough that you bring that point out too because not a lot of people have been mentioning this at all on Twitter that the fact that, you know, Pio Herrera was on the bench and it didn't really seem to affect us as much as other times. I think the reason because they don't mention it because we won. I think if it would have been a draw or a loss, they would have brought that up a lot more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But what more What, what, what more can we, can, can we can we talk about before we go into the nitty-gritty of this game? 
I don't okay. know, just, just, yeah, just don't, don't fall back. That's it. That's pretty much it. So the game starts off pretty well for us. I, I, I think we actually maybe are a bit standoffish in the first couple of minutes, but then we take the game like always. Solos. Yeah, like always. And something we've we've said that we, we don't want to see you know America do that. We want them to go straight off the bat and start pressing. Uh, but I think it worked in this instance. I think we let Cholos have a feel of what the situation was, and once we thought they were going to get comfortable, we made them uncomfortable. We started pressing. We started moving the ball around, and we got these opportunities. And we gave the ball to a wonder kid by the name of Diego Linus, who mm-hmm. absolutely changed the game. I think from all perspectives. Right. And I think we've talked talked about putting him in that position, you know, behind the striker, because he says he was very comfortable playing that position. And you know what? He got his chance on, on Saturday. And like you said, he did very well. And you know what? We, we said that there was probably only one player in the team that could play that number 10 role besides Jeremy Menace. And, you know, like we said, it had to be Diego Linus. Now, he many people thought he was going to play as a center forward. But I think he showcased exactly what his role is. He feels so comfortable in that midfield spot mm-hmm. because he has liberty to go forward and occasionally to even drop back when needed. Yeah. 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 And it really showed. I don't know if you guys noticed, but at times he almost, when whenever we were trying to pick up the ball again from a Cholo's attack, he almost seemed kind of like a third center mid. In a way, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of filling yeah, in yeah. that pocket in 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 spaces where Guido maybe le- le- left it because he was tracking a little bit more back, or Mateus Uribe because he was trying to help out on the defense. But I, I think Diego Linus' game is, was on point, and we'll talk a little bit more about Diego Linus. But let's focus on the first couple minutes. You know, he gets the ball, maneuvers it, wins is a very very good free kick opportunity, and a man who steps up by the name of Emmanuel Aguilera. Now I have criticized him a lot. You have criticized him a lot, Dylan. You have criticized him a lot too, Christian. But the man comes in and performs a wonder strike and puts us up 1-0. Someone mentioned it in the comments that it was our first goal from a free kick situation since the days of Miki Arroyo. Mr. Thank you for bringing that up. Now, that's been a while now. That's a while. That's a while. It's been a while now. But it's no... But it should be surprising that our last two good free kick takers was uh, now Emmanuel Aguilera. And before, I don't know if you gentlemen remember Paolo Goltz. Yeah, mm-hmm. Paolo Goltz. Yeah, Paolo Goltz. Yes. When, he took, uh, when, when he took that free kick, uh, was it against Real Madrid? Or was it against the Chinese? No, it was against the Chinese yeah, uh, team. The Chinese, yeah. We didn't score against Real Madrid, unfortunately. But, um, but he, he, he puts in a wonderful ball in and one nil up. It was a great goal. Honestly, I was surprised. The way he hit it was beautiful, too. A lot of people want to give uh, a bit of fault to Lahoud. Um, I think Lahoud was maybe a bit in fault because he gave too much Yeah, he was too in the middle, middle post. Yes, he was way too much in the middle. For a goalkeeper, that is very risky. Now, that's mm-hmm. a risk you're willing to take if you're very agile and you think that the ball is going to be placed in a position where you can get to both corners. But Emanuele Guilera hit that. It was an absolute rocket of a shot like Dylan put on Twitter. Um, and it, it was absolutely per- perfect in that sense. So we go up 1-0, and, and the team celebrates, and you see the passion, and you see what it meant for the team. you know. And And, and, and then... I don't know what happens with the team. We just completely die off and we give Cholos every right to come back into the game. And because of that, Cholos could have easily, could have easily been up two, three, one before we score our second goal. Yeah. Yeah, You you see, you see Cholos take off five shots. It was in the first half alone. Now five 
shots that if they were a little bit more composed and if they weren't so rushed that maybe those five shots would have gone into the back of the net. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There was yeah. a poor finishing on their part, hence where maybe it could have been no 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 disrespect to Cholos, but hence it could have been maybe a Tigres or a Monterrey, you know, and they were in that situation, you know, they we could have been down in that first half. Easily. Yeah, really yeah. All because we thought, okay, we give Cholos the ball, they come at us, we suck the pressure, we relieve it with a counterattack and we score a goal. That 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 it just seems so so basic, so simple that teams can read right through it. I don't know how Cholos didn't read right through it. They should have been up by by two goals at that point when we when we score on them. But I mean, we get lucky in that sense because if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna play the counterattack, you need to know defensively you are safe and sound, and there is no way no one's getting through you, right? Mm -hmm. yes. But our forwards seem to lack finishing, whilst our defenders seem to be scoring, but our defenders lack defending as well. It's, it's <laughs> the topsy-turvy world in America right now where yeah. your strikers are probably season, the best actually. defenders. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and your, your defenders are your best strikers. So it, it's, it's very frustrating to see because you want America to be solid all around. Yes, it's great to see uh, Edson, uh, Edson. It's great to see Emanuel Aguilera. It's great to see Bruno Valdez get on the score sheet because that means they're and they're in, they're in form and they're in a very good position as to if we, we need them to up, go up for a corner or a set piece, you know that they can deliver. But with that said, you want them to be able to be able to take care of their situation in the defense, which it looked like they were just completely, completely out of position. Like if they've never played in there before. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, those times, yeah, the, yeah. Those times where Bruno Valdez was just standing there, and instead of actually going and pressing the man, he just completely just kind of goes, gets you know taken away by by a pass, and just stands there. Has no sense of tracking back. Has no sense of moving to a different position. Just kind of lets the 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 play run. Now, I'm sorry I interrupted you there, Dylan. Go ahead. No, no, yeah, this this kind of something that you said that I was gonna uh, touch off too a little bit. You know, you think about the Nekaxa game too, and you know the way Bruno and Aguilera were playing too and those two goals that they gave up against the Coxon, it just kind of seemed almost the same way. And, you know, just really lucky, you know, not to really concede one. Extremely lucky, but, and some pretty good Marchesin interventions. Um, great defending by Paolo Aguilar. I, your, your wing back should not be doing your center back's job. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's it's a solid night for our, for our fullbacks. I, I think Georgie had himself a pretty decent game. Uh, Paul had an yeah. exceptional game. Uh, Marchesin, yeah. even though he didn't, he, even though they were knocking at the door, he didn't have that crazy of a night at the end of the day. Uh, but still, pretty good for for him to walk away with a clean sheet. I think the whole defense mm -hmm. as a whole, it, it even brings a little bit of uh, that. What could we call it? A bit of content and joy for Bruno and, and Emma to know that, you know, with them being part of the defense, that they're able to keep that clean sheet as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think for the most part, Paola Aguilar takes most of the credit. No, definitely. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And we, we yeah, kind of seen Paola Aguilar. Oh, I'm sorry, Dylan, but uh, we kind of seen Paola Aguilar a little, fall off a little bit off form, you know, this, uh, this, this season. But, um, but yeah, it was great to see him have this game. And it's, and it's yeah. perfect because you're running to that last third of the season. Dylan, I'm sorry. We keep interrupting you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave. Bye. No, and, and no, this is good. You want to see a player that maybe like Paolo Aguilar, or maybe a couple of players that maybe weren't hitting their peak come into this, you know, 
later half of the season ready to to, to be at 100%. So go, Dylan, I know you were going to touch upon this. Yeah, I mean, you know, despite the fact, you know, that they had a pretty decent game, content game and everything, but, you know, it still shows those signs of struggle. It still shows those signs of where improvements need to be made. And, you know, I know we talked about a lot, you know, we're getting into that point in the season, uh, you know, you want things to be crisp, but, you know, I, I think we said it too, you know, we, we can take what we get, but, you know, it needs to get fixed, you know, by come, come Ligia time too as well. No, yeah. Yeah, completely, completely, completely agree. Um, So let, let, let's kind of talk about the end of the first half and, uh, I mean, complete, complete Diego Line show through, throughout uh, the whole game exactly, but for – for for the extent of of the first half, I think he he moved the ball well. There was a couple of times where he maybe misplaced the pass, gave a, a few balls here and there, but it, it's, it's expected. It's normal, an eighteen year old. Yeah. Um, but still, completely looks like he is ready to, to 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 be the starter in that camp position. And then I think overall, the wingers had a pretty good game. I think Ibarwen was decent. I mean, he got himself a goal. He was in very good position. Uh, a man who keeps, you know, making me look like I don't know what I'm talking about, which is good. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what I want him. I want him to prove me wrong. I want, I want him to have an, ex, you know, an an amazing season. That when people listen to a previous show, they're like, "What was I even talking about? This guy he was an absolute monster," mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and then uh, the band that's always been performing for us for years on now, Renato Ibarra. I mean, let's talk about him. The just kind of determination, the willpower, the hunger that he has every game, uh, maybe at times goes a bit unnoticed, but the guy runs and he never stops running. Yeah. Yeah. He's got lungs of steel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, you got to give credit where credit is due with Renato Ibarra. That second goal, second goal, anyone else on that pitch gives up mm-hmm. that ball and doesn't chase it the way that Ibarra does. So let's paint a picture for the people who maybe didn't see the goal. Now, it, uh, it, it's Ibarra when who I, does he he takes the shot right takes a shot or a pass i don't know what it was but it completely completely goes extremely wide ball goes rolling it looks like it looks like that ball is completely going to go in and cross the line and it's going to be a goal kick but you just see Randy about a sprint and sprint and even wins the defender the defender was way closer to the ball than Ibarra but Ibarra goes muscles the defender out and just completely just goes down and and puts in a perfect ball for Ibarguen to put it perfect. into the back of the net, and I think just that play itself, that play right there, showcases how good Ibarra is for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we yeah. see him doing it time and time again. You know, it's nothing new from this guy. And like you said, he he deserves more praise than uh, than what he's getting right now. So you hear that, EA? Why you give him a seventy four? <laughs> he should be at least a seventy seven. The guy runs for days, and his stamina should be ninety nine because I never see him tired. And not even his, mm-hmm. his stamina. We always talk about this season how we've been kind of miss mispassing the ball a lot. And you know, this this uh this past game, Ibarra didn't really do that, you know. Every pass that he made was was very accurate and uh and sometimes very crucial, like the yeah. Ibarra goal. He's a yeah. very smart player, and and I don't know if if you guys can take the, the the time out of the day to go watch some of his previous games. If you notice, he does something so smart, and that is he always gives a pass where he knows ninety percent of that time he is not compromising his teammate nor himself. So you rarely see him switch the ball, but if he does, he knows that that ball is going to be able to be made mm-hmm. by his uh, by his teammate. He always gives nice short passes because he is a player that loves loves to play the one two. 
the the most simplest trick mm-hmm. in the book, the one-two wall, he <clears throat> loves that because his speed and his skill to control the ball at a very fast pace is impeccable. Now, with that said, he has had games in which he, sometimes his crossing is a bit off or sometimes he does a little bit one too much, but that, that's his game. And, and, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that he's one of the only few players out there on the pitch that will pick up the ball and completely try to do everything to try to get through a defender. Sometimes it may be a little bit like, oh, he's going to do the same play, but sometimes it even works out. So Ibarra, keep on doing what you're doing because, I mean, what more can we say but praise this guy? No, yeah, definitely. And yeah. like like I, like I said before, he deserves uh, much more praise than what he's getting. Yeah, the hustle's real with him. I was uh, really surprised to see him come off after 60 minutes. You know, yeah, but... I, I feel like at this at that point you 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 kind of save him. Yeah, you know because okay. he, he's mm-hmm. such a vital player, and no, definitely. with the condition that the pitch is in, you and you never know temper start. And he is an injury prone type of guy too. Yes, so he's one of those yeah. players where you're like, okay, we're three 0 up. I don't mm-hmm. know why you need to, you know, with with probably one of the your biggest game of the season coming up. There's no need to risk a player like him. Mm-hmm. Could easily be the key against Cruz Azul next week. Oh, and we'll talk about that right now in a little bit. A little bit. But overall, first half ends 2-0. America walks uh, into the dressing rooms with a very, very good lead. Maybe a lead that we did not deserve, but right. a lead that we had. Like we mentioned, Chola should have easily have maybe equalized the game by then. But, you know, I, I think the commentator said it perfectly. You know, you keep you keep missing these opportunities. You're giving America an opportunity to kill you. I think we did so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, dare, I agree. I, I mean, the team walked away with a 2-0 cushion in the first half, but I, I think you walk away with that, like you said, content. You know, you're, you're happy for the lead, but you're not happy with the performance that some of these players are putting out. Um, I think, you know, it, our midfield was just a little bit off. You yeah, know? And, and not, especially. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm not to say that we had they were bad. I just felt like they were off. Something wasn't clicking mm-hmm. at that triangle between Linus, Guido, and uh, and Mateo Soribe. Um, it, it, you know, even Guido at times, you know, whilst yeah. he was in, in, in good positions and whilst he was a great leader because Guido showcased how great of a leader he can be in that midfield in regards to whenever Diego Linus was getting fouled or, you know, whenever he had to, you know, kind of command his the players around him. Shoki showed wonderful, wonderful leadership there. But in regards to just kind of how the team was shaped about, I, I feel like we had such a big hole right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think it really showed too. You know, just like you said, it was off all game, and you know, it's it's really showed that you know when Cholo's really ex- exploited it a little bit, you know, they had their chances too, and obviously, like we said, it didn't finish them, but but it really affected the team a lot overall. You know, funny thing enough is it's. I guess it's just kind of the, I'm not going to call it a curse, but I I just can't find another word for it. But, you know, this kind of curse of America being who America is, that even though they won 3-0 at home in our first place right now, we're still sitting here criticizing them on what was probably <laughs> one of the best performances we've seen in a while. But it, it's just what America is. And and I bring it up only because, um was it our good friend, Mr. Uh, Football Forever, who tweeted it out and said, how can you criticize this team, uh, you know, for losing only two games during the season? On a great winning form, um, and I told him, but we're still gonna go criticize them on 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 today's show because that is what we that that's who America is. America is always gonna be in that spotlight, whether it's with fans, whether it's with media, whether it's with rivals. There's always gonna be something to critique, and we need to showcase that. The reason why we're critiquing is because we know as good as this team is, as good as this team is, boy, 
if they're playing where at the point where we want them to play, there is no oh, other team catching no. us up. No other team yeah, that can catch up to exactly. us. Mm, definitely not. Exactly. Which is why we criticize them because we know we know the full potential that is there. Mm-hmm. Now it's just as long as the team can get there, you know. So now, first half ends. We walk away content. Second half kicks off. Walk me through it. How do you guys? How do you guys feeling about this? Once once the first sec, uh, the second half starts, I'm feeling good. You know, we're we're pressing. We're creating chances, and it seems like we. You know, we we take control of the game. You know, something that we kind of really didn't have in the first half. We uh we start passing a little bit, like I said, creating chances, shooting the shooting the ball a little bit, and I think that's what we needed uh to come off in the second half. Dylan, how'd you how did you start the second half? Yeah, you know, I looked at it, you know, I was pretty content with it. You know, um I think, you know, we look at it, we give up that goal. I mean, I give up a goal. We get the goal. And then, you know, after that, you know, kind of we talked about, you know, we see them kind of sit back, you know, soak in some pressure and we let Cholos get into their game, you know. And yeah, I mean, you should kind of expect that because we kind of seen that all season two as well. But, you know, it's just something, you know, that I wish they get out of, you know, something that they they shouldn't do. And so, you know, that was kind of the concern for me, even though, you know, it's expected. And, and just like we said before, just really lucky not to give up a goal in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, that was key. But second half starts off completely, completely the way we've always wanted. We start pressing. We we take the game to Cholos right away from kickoff. And then uh, Roger Martinez easily has himself a goal, but Lahoud with a wonderful save that's, that's you know, a point-blank range. He he does well to get down in time and, and, and just manotear that ball into the corner. Um, and then, again, another opportunity in which Renate Ibarra almost dinks the goalkeeper as well. So it's just these constant opportunities. And, and you think, where was this America for a good 25 minutes of the first half where we were just soaking mm-hmm. up pressure? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that was the game plan. We just don't know. But I guess it's the game plan that we don't agree with. But, I mean, if, if that's your game plan, isn't that too risky? Even if you're playing against a side like Cholos, and you have – because Cholos has a very good team. I mean, Fabian Cast- yeah. Castillo. Mm-hmm. Completely, completely a, a monster of a winger. As much as we, will, as much as we don't want to admit to it, but Cubo Torres, someone who, wait, was it Cubo Torres? Yes, yeah, Cubo Torres. Mm-hmm. Cubo Torres, yeah. uh, you know, a very good finisher. You know, when when he wants to, mm-hmm. and and it's you know it's these players that you, yes, I get it. It's Cholos, and like we said, no disrespect to them, but if that's your game plan, that's too risky. That is, is way too risky. No matter what team you're playing especially when your partnership is not completely 100% in the back, mm-hmm. you're, you you might as well be almost giving up a goal. Right, exactly. But I guess just that's just the way Miguel Herrera is comfortable, you know? And, and I guess that's why we, we've been criticizing this team so much. It's because we don't like the way that, I guess, he approaches some games like this one, you know, soaking the pressure in when you're up uh, when you're up 1-0. You know, that's something that you can't do. Especially like a team like Cholos, like I said, that can, you know, maybe not up to you know your your Tigres, your Monterrey, your your America Cruz Azul, but you still can surprise you at any given moment. Watches come yeah. down to like the very end against Veracruz, and we're doing the same thing. Veracruz puts like five past us because it's our same game tactic. You think we deserve it then? And that's true. And I think you say it perfectly. I think if if Cholos would have scored against us, we have no right to blame. We have no other person to blame but ourselves mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. Exactly. We would deserve to have gone down because of the way we were playing. That the, the game was planted perfectly for you to go out there, score three, four, five goals. 
It was perfect. It was perfect. It's perfectly set up. Cholos was as 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 much as we gave them the opportunity to come into the game. Notice the key word was we let them. You know, we let them have the ball. We let them maneuver their spaces, and we kind of just said, "Come at us. We're gonna soak it up, and we're gonna try to relieve it." Didn't really work until the end of the first half, like we mentioned. But now the second half, you go in and you say, "Okay, now we're taking the game to you with a constant approach," and I mean. It pays off with a beautiful Diego Linus goal. Oh, dude. Which, by the way, Lahoud was was also at fault in that one. Yeah. (laughs) It was still a great shot nonetheless, though. I was way too out of his goal. I'm sorry. As much as we want to give credit to Diego Linus, it mm -hmm. it was Lahoud, what were you doing, man? Right. But I guess (laughs) give credit to Diego Linus for realizing Ladrew's positioning and taking that shot. No, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I don't want. Not taking anything away from Diego, because still it was a great finish, and for him to be aware of that showcases, you know, how how well he can read a game. But you know, you also got to give some some credit to the goalkeeper there. It's like, come on, you're making it a bit too easy at this point. Yeah. And this is the supposedly one of the future national team goalkeepers, you know. And you know what? The funny thing is, though, I, I really thought Lahoud was going to come in and play a monster of a game like he usually does against America, uh, but I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing because I was I was thinking back to the game in the Clausura too, whenever they played in Azteca, and they walked away with a draw. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, what else? What, what else would you want to stick stick to that bef- before we talk about that Diego Linus goal? Oh, nothing, nothing much for you. Yeah, nothing else. So beautiful, beautiful goal by Diego. Like we said, places it in a very good position. Uh, notices the goalkeeper is out. I mean, what more can we say about Diego but exceptional? I mean, deserves man of the match, correct? Yes. Yeah, I think I, I think so. And you know what? The thing that impressed me the most about Diego was um, just how consistent he was this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was important mm-hmm. for Diego Linus because we've seen very bright moments here and there. It's just he hasn't really produced it for well i would say the full 90 minutes but he never does really get full 90 minutes does he uh but i think uh, for the amount of for the amount of time he has tremendous moments that we've seen from him but now to showcase it throughout most of the match you know maybe bits and pieces here but very very brief um i think it just showcases what diego linus is coming up to and i think that injury may have been the best thing for him at that point, because it, it it puts him into a perspective where he knows he got to come in stronger, he knows he's got to do better, and he he proves it a hundred percent here. Now, the one thing though that that does kind of worry me is Diego. It, and as much as it worries me, it also makes me very proud of him. Is the fact that he doesn't care who he's up against, and he doesn't care who hit him or who fouls him. He will go up to his to their face and confront mm-hmm. them. Now that says a lot. That says a lot about uh, about an eighteen year old. Like the eighteen year olds got cojones. I will tell you that much. But with that said, too, you need to be careful on how you manage yourself like that. Because I promise you, one of these days, Diego, one of these days, one of these players is not just gonna let you just have it. Mm-hmm. And just exactly. Excel, and there's a possibility that you may confront yourself with a red card situation. Exactly. We don't know. We don't want you to be involved in that. Be smarter about it. You know. Some of the best players, no, excuse me, all of the best players get hit, get pushed around, and that's going to be, you're 18, man. You got a long way to go, so you, you get used to it. 
because it, it really is how it how how it's gonna work. But he's a smart kid, and I think I tweeted it out. I said the most important thing about about the game now at this point was how his teammates around him kind of surrounded him and one protected him because that's the most important part is you need yeah. to have a team that backs yeah. you up and protects you, but also how they talk to him and calm him down in situations like whenever he got kicked or fouled and he wanted to confront, uh, you know, the, the person who hit him. I think that whole uh, incident with, um, with the U S the U S player kind of, kind of, you know, brought this to life, you know, like uh, his, his attitude towards getting hit or mm-hmm. getting fouled in a heated situation. Which is good, right? and like I said, I have no problem with him showing cojones. It's just, uh, it's just make sure you don't take it to the next level. No, no, which... definitely, yeah. He reminds me and... like of of Chucky Lozano, you know, in a way because he's also not the biggest guy, and he does get hit a lot. And when he does get hit a lot, he doesn't like it. You know, he starts he starts confronting confronting players, and and you see it sometimes. The yellows do show up for him, you know. So I guess, like you say, it is important for him to you know kind of stay grounded a little bit, you know, and like kind kind of hold back in a way. So I, I I think I think if Oribe Peralta is on the pitch, I, I think he's the perfect guy to guide him in right. this situation, uh, because right. it's so easy at that age to get hit and then want to hit back whenever you you know the the old the old saying in soccer you know you hit me then I'm gonna get you back when the ref's not looking or or this and that and I think it's important that you can't go about your game like that especially if you're Diego Linus. because mm-hmm. I I think if you once you fall down to that same level as the person who's kicked you. Now, now you're no longer the star. Now you're just kind of falling into place with the rest of everyone else. Like, you know, you kind of have to be the one to excel. Yeah. Uh, but I have, I have every faith and confidence in Diego that he's going to come out and, you know, excel because he has very good players around him because he has a very good coach as much as, as, much as some people don't want to want to accept it. And he, he has some very good people in his life, I would imagine, that kind of keep him very level-grounded. Because whenever he gives an interview, too, it's just ridiculous how, you know, calm and, and, and grounded he is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and yeah. I think he surprised yeah, yeah. all of us, honestly. Completely surprised us. But, uh, you know, so the goal goes in, and then walk me through the rest of the half. What, what, I feel like I'm I'm talking the most here. Walk me through the, the, the rest of the half because, I mean, could have easily had four. Yeah, but I guess the same yeah. thing happened again. We scored the third goal. And I guess this this is more, I guess, uh, we the fans can reason more to why we let Cholos have the ball more the second half after we scored the third goal. I mean, we're up 3 nothing, you know, why not? But whatever, relax a little bit. But still, though, like, it's, it got, got a little bit parts where Cholos, um, you know, could have scored one or two here again. And, you know, let's just say one or two go in, you know, now you have a game again. So I understand why they let off the gas pedal a little bit. But they really shouldn't have, in a sense, you know, not not as much as they did. And we'll we'll talk about Roger and Henry right now and, and Oribe whenever we talk about uh, the Cruces looking. But I don't know. I, I didn't see enough from our forwards. Mm-mm. I didn't at all either. And uh, God, I hate, I hate, I'm disappointed with Henry. I stick up for him so much on here and I just can't right now. He doesn't give me a reason. He doesn't show me nothing why I should stick up for him. Because funny enough though, in, in, in that same comment and where Mr. Football Forever said um, uh, that, you know, America's always getting criticized and this, this and that. Uh, and, and I told him that we were going to get, we were still going to criticize him. It was, uh, at, who 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 tweeted back at me 
said that we we need to stop giving Henry our blessings and start criticizing him because when he came in, it, America didn't produce much, if anything at all. Um, but I think the same could be said sometimes with Rodgers, you know, kind of in his slump. I wouldn't say Roger was in a yeah. slump this game. I think he just didn't produce enough. I mean, there was times where he was picking up the ball from deep in midfield. I was like, what are you doing, Roger? You're the forward. Mm-hmm. You're the only forward up there. Why exactly. are you so deep? Let yeah. our midfield take yeah. care of that. That's mm-hmm. why Diego Linus is there. That's why you let the kid roam, roam around so he can be the one picking up the ball in deep positions. Um, but I just – I didn't see enough from Roger at all. And then he still had opportunities in front of goal that he didn't bury. What does that say to you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he, he, he's given the start. Obviously, because Oriva's not ready. And, you know, at, at this point, you know, Astro is going to obviously Piojo probably put the line together. But still, I don't think Piojo's going to start Henry at this point. So you're going to give it to Roger. Roger had his chances, like you stated, and nothing, you know. I mean, he just didn't finish. He didn't capitalize on it, too. And just, uh, like I said, you know, when we, if we go back to the last podcast, I think Roger's going to be important to this because it's past due. You know, he has to step up and really show why he's wearing this shirt, why he's with the team, and he still hasn't shown it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Mr. Uh, Lil Hattrick at Mexican Soccer 9 on Twitter. He's the one who mentioned it, saying that uh, we, we needed to uh, – uh, we got to stop being a little bit biased with Henry and acknowledge that, you know, whenever he came in, not much was done. I think that was aimed more towards you, Dylan. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, I was about to say, I think me and you, Ivan, always said that even though Henry does come out for like as a sub, he doesn't really do much, you know, like we, we've said that before. And yeah, and I hate saying that though, because I look, I am a Henry fan whenever Henry wants to perform, but when he doesn't, I, can't sit there and be like yeah henry because mm-hmm. and i can't even say yeah go roger because you know I, I don't even think roger is doing a good job and if you ask me whether or not next week we should repeat lineups and just put roger on the bench and put oriva back in roger's spot i'm gonna tell you no don't do that and i'm and we'll, we'll go into details why because I think Roger does more in that position than Oriva's going to do. And then as crazy as it sounds, I will give my explanation later on in the podcast. But, but I understand you. It, yeah. It, yeah, I get it. It's like we need a lethal striker, but these two, these two, because I don't even consider Oriva Peralta as a striker. I don't really know what I consider him right now. But um, <laughs> He's just there, honestly. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and, 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 uh, but right now we're two lethal strikers, which is Roger and Henry. The, the, Ah, they're both not producing, and what you know, you can't just sit here and bite your tongue all day. You need one of these to perform, especially now, like I said, in the later half of the season when you really need those goals, when you really need someone to come in and clutch. One of those two players needs to stand up, and the fact that neither of them have been able to do so makes me realize, you know, we're in a tough situation. I, I think we might just have to put Bruno Valdez up there, honestly, and then exactly. you know, replace him with Edson Alvarez. And there you go. That's our, that's our lineup. You know what? Don't even be surprised because I think I'm I'm more leaning towards that than putting Oriva Peralta in Rogers. Listen, uh, man. I I know a lot of people say you know Rogers gonna burst any minute and you know uh, Rogers about to turn into this to this like six goal this six goal going machine in like in like three games. Listen, I, I I'm all for it. Listen, if Roger does that starting Saturday, whatever, all of his uh. What is what are we in? Thirteen games in, yeah. Thirteen games in, I'll forgive him for everything. It doesn't matter. 
But you have to do it, though. We keep saying he's going to burst, he's going to burst. But when, though? When? When is it going to happen? You know, we can't, like, as much as we we defend Roger for being his first season, you're, you're about eight, nine games in. You know, you should have a couple more goals than what you have already. You should be a little bit more dangerous than where you are already. Those goals that are literally right there, that given to you, you need to take them. You know, we can't just keep saying, oh, you know, he missed it. But it's all right, though, because he's going to burst any minute. You know, we just can't keep saying that. And I mean, and and he's he started every game. I mean, he started yeah. every game. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and, and it's and it's a, it's a it's a pretty short season if you're looking at it that way too. And so you you know you're bringing you're bringing in you're paying this money, bringing in a striker, especially from Europe, you know, and he doesn't go on and produce. I mean, just it just blows my mind. I'm just like, obviously he's got to realize you know the shirt he's wearing, like I said, and then you know just for him to have what like I said every single start this season, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. And yeah, then just, unless just, those and, then, and then just get two goals out of it. I mean, and 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 you know, funny you touch upon a situation I was gonna I was gonna talk about, and you because know, Christian, you mentioned to us that you were speaking to someone, and and they had the same complaints about Roger that he needs to realize the jersey he's wearing for. And I've heard different interviews with him, and he says that yeah, look, I understand where I'm at, I understand the club, and I understand the passion. He's like, but for those of those people who criticize me who criticized me for the lack of goals, obviously don't know much about the game because in his mind, in his perspective, and probably the coaches as well, he's doing things efficiently the way they expect him to be doing them at this point. Now, that's debatable and that's arguable. Yes, Mm -hmm. of course. You know, because if the manager is saying he's he's content with what you're doing, I mean, what more can we say? Yeah, we can – we can mm-hmm. tell the guy, you know, you need to score more. You need to do this. You need to do that. But if the coach himself is saying, look, you're doing exactly what I want you to do. Keep doing it. You're going to progress and you're going to break out sooner rather than later. Okay. If his mentality and that's what they're telling him, okay, fine. But we're, he still should know that there's still more to be asked of him, right. especially if he hears it from time and time again, whether it's the media, whether it's the fans, whether it's at practice, he needs to produce more goals. Now, like I said, he could be easily a breakout player in just the next two games. And we can completely, in two podcasts from now, two weeks from now, just yeah, we can, we can start future. praising him. Oh, my God, he's the best goal scorer. It's going to be called the Roger Martinez show. Mm-hmm, exactly. You yes. know? And mm-hmm. it, it, the game is so easy to, easy to flip like that in an instant. Completely mm-hmm. is like that. But same thing could be said about Henry. Same thing could be said about Henry. Henry comes in next week and scores a fantastic goal. Then, you know, for some reason goes in again next week and starts another show. And then again, it turns into the Henry Martin show. And we start praising him. Now it's what I'm trying to get at is both of these strikers are at a level, level playing field, even though it doesn't look like that. it looks like Rogers here, Henry's here, but in theory and, 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 and at least for me, the way I see it is they're both here. They are both neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Whoever at this point of the season produces more, I think has a better chance of being our starter striker for the Liga. Okay. And maybe I agree with you. Yes. Henry should look mm-hmm. at it like that. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree. Dylan. I'm just I, mean, I don't know. I'm just just wrapping my head around this all, you know, just trying to see it from from your side and my side too because you know, I don't know. I I just look at it too and you see the formation, you know, it seems like we're going out with this 4-4-2 and then all of a sudden it shifts and you know, uh just like you said, you know, we see Oribe uh, come back along the midfield, you know, do his thing. And then obviously, you know, 
I mean, like, I just, I just, I just, to me, it doesn't make that much sense to me because, you know, if Rogers being efficient the way they're seeing him, him doing, then where does that put Oribe too? And this, this is just, this is just me. I'm not trying to rant or nothing because obviously Oribe right now is our leading goal scorer with five goals. And then, you know, you look, you look at Roger, two goals, you look at Henry, one goal, and then, and then who's next behind him? I think it's Mateus Oribe with three goals. And then I think it's Linus too. And I mean, I don't know, like, you know, you're, you're bringing in this money for a striker. And obviously, like we've talked about, you know, he might not, he's probably being efficient the way Piojo wants him to be efficient, doing what Piojo's telling him to and the staff and everything. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it just, it just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Like, I still don't understand. I still don't just trying to wrap my head around it and all. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we, we all agreed we'd, we'd give him that six months before we completely go out and try, you know, uh, killing him with, with some of the criticism. Um, and, and we're doing our best to hold back because we need to kind of also be able to give that player that six month adapting cushion. Uh, and then after that, it, it's all in whether or not he performs or not. But ultimately, you know, it, it, we do have a very tough situation. And we'll talk about the whole Oliva situation too when we talk about Cruz Azul. Because it's funny, it, it's going to be interesting to see where he plays because trust me, he's starting that game no matter what. Who? Mm-hmm. Oribe. Oribe? Okay. Oh, and Roger too. But it, well, it, just, it just goes back to our regular four four two then. We'll talk about that because yeah, there's we'll something that. interesting mm-hmm. that I, that that I realized that I want that I want to bring up. But we'll get yeah. to that when we talk Cruz Azul. But okay. overall, game ends. Did we see more from Cholos in that second half? Uh, did, we, we see, did we see what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Did we see anything else from Cholos in that second half? We saw we saw like this, this little spritz maybe of seven ten seven ten minutes of old Cholos. But after that, I mean, it was kind of like I think me and Dill were talking about this beforehand. Uh, it was a little bit a little bit boring in a, in a sense after that little seven ten minutes yeah. spritz from Cholos. But I mean, it, it, it was kind of expected. The three were up three nothing, so like I understood why. But final whistle blows. We walk away with three points and with a very 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 good run of form. Now, something I was worried about that the international break may may have maybe broken that good spirit we were on after beating Tigres, uh, but looks like it, it it was still running and now may even catapult us uh, against Cruz Azul. Yeah, and this is a huge game coming up. So yeah, very big game because apparently points. we're the away. We're we're never away. Yeah, we're never away. Uh, that's why I put my that's why I put my quotation. <laughs> Because <laughs> because t- technically in the schedule we're the away team technically yeah, we're away. but technically, we're not away so. our home technically though technically but it's good though because America doesn't really have to travel at all no, no but, not at all like I said we'll get to that point right now but let's finish let's wrap up Cholos here uh ultimately good game decent game uh could have been better. Maybe should have had more goals, but it's still three goals is, is more than acceptable. So just final thoughts on it. Uh, final thoughts for me, you know, content. Um, obviously, like like we said, it's that point in the season where you got to get those three points. You can't really drop any points. And, you know, we're moving closer. Like I, I think you mentioned the last podcast, too, where like 30, 30 points is around that magic number of clinching the Ligia spot. And, you know, we're right there. So, you know. I mean, pretty content going forward. Now it's just started about fixing some of those minor things week in and week out too as well. Nice. Christian? 
Um, I'm happy that the international break didn't disrupt any anything with the team, like you mentioned. The defending needs to be a little bit better, in my opinion. Uh, I guess the the play style after we score needs to be different. But overall, this is huge three goals, huge three points, and I've been I've been the one that's uh, that's been saying that this is this is the part of the season where you can't lose, and you know we're off to a good start. Well, let's hope the team continues to you know keep playing that good run of form. Ultimately, yeah, pretty content and 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 happy that you walk away with three points, and just kind of keep producing what you've been doing and kind of fix those little mistakes here and there, especially in the defense. But ultimately, we wrap it up three points go home, call it a day, and just be happy with it. So anything Are else? Are you happy with it? Uh, you know what? I, I was happy with it. I was happy with it because the team won. I think at the end of the day, when the team wins, you're, you're, you're happy about it. The next day, once I think about it, or the following day, that's when you start being, well, it could have been better. It could have been this. It could have been that. I'm the complete opposite, actually. <laughs> On that day, I was like, wow, like, like we should have done this, we should have done this. But then, like, on, on Sunday, I was like, yo, we're first place, yo, so what's up? Like, let's go, baby. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, everyone takes it differently, with, you no, know, yeah. in regards to that. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it, but I think at the end of the day, we're happy. The team wins, so mm-hmm. we're happy. We're happy, yes. Um, even if they would have won by one late-minute goal or one early goal it, it wouldn't have mattered it, the team wins that's important i did i think at the end of the day like we said we're at the stage where we can't drop anything we gotta accumulate as much as possible mm-hmm. and now we're doing so so exactly. america wins and now we're gonna roll over to the big game against rusul and the classical hoban but before that as always we bring you guys the segment that is known as trivia segment we need to give it a better name trivia hour Trivia hour, really? Uh, we spent like two minutes on this, not really an hour. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> we'll come up with a better name by next yeah, week. Yeah. Is, it's trivia time for time. the podcast. Yes. Ladies do, and gentlemen, do, 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 I give it do, to Christian do, do, to give you guys the question as I posted on the group chat. So make sure you guys, if you guys listen to this via iTunes or SoundCloud, if you guys ever have the chance to come and watch this live, we urge you to do so. Please. Uh, only just, just because you guys get to know our faces and also because that you guys get to do these wonderful, wonderful little trivia questions. So, Christian, take it away. So, it's time for trivia. Before I say the question, um, we finally put the scoreboard on our Twitter. I know we've been a little lacking. On, that's my fault. Don't blame these guys. It's my fault because I'm the one supposed to do it. But, yeah, I finally posted it. It's updated. Um It'll be updated next Tuesday, and I'll post it again next Tuesday after the podcast. But today's trivia question is, who scored in the 89th minute in the America Cruz Azul 2013 final? That oh, is man, that was easy. That was Hobie Bermudez. So that's a spoiler, and uh, here we go. Guys, it's getting very close. So these, these questions, these podcast bonuses might come in handy for anyone listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, Um Get your butt in here because you you don't want to miss out on these points. And they're very uh, not going to say easy points, but they're very attainable points that you mm-hmm. can just completely like. If you if if you messed up in one of the questions like I did, I put Rangers FC in the last one. Uh, apparently, Rangers has never been in the league I met kids before. Uh, you know, it's like you you answer this, and then you're just like, all right, I, I may have messed up in that one, but the, this one gives me a little bit more of a catapult, more of a boost. So, like we said, just come out. 
enjoy the trivia in the trivia segment because it's it's always fun. Um, I've never seemed to get them right, but that's just me. But you guys probably have much better luck. And uh, you know, Dylan says he's in first place. I'm I I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I find that hard to believe too because I have not seen any ones here actually. So because like Lewis says, you do have yeah, why all you gotta expose me like that. Why I gotta expose me like that? Well, because you know, first of all, we don't want people to think that we're cheating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Damn. But yeah, go out there, guys. I mean, you guys are killing it. And the amount of support we've had, I think you, you've talked about this too, Christian. We did not expect yeah. so many people to actually kind of mm-hmm. you know, be a part of this. Exactly. And this yeah. is actually just kind of a trial thing for us, but you guys loved it so much and you guys have really taken it off. I'm just to do this next season as well. And don't trust me, I have I have uh, a pretty cool idea for next uh, next season, but we need we need your support and right now you're giving us a whole lot of it and it's just like you know we were testing the waters but we're being 100% here we were just definitely definitely uh just kind of putting the testing the waters here and it's completely amazing how how you know the support has been but thank you guys and and enjoy your trivia questions because you know they're fun absolutely fun to do You're fun, Ivan. You're a fun host. Well, I try to be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Oh, and um, Go prize. we will be prize. announcing a prize next week for the trivia. Okay, we next will. week. Next week, you guys will know why you guys have been stalking our Twitter, why you guys have been on our podcast every weekend, every week, I mean, every Tuesday, you will know why you are playing these que- these trivia questions. But once again, thank you all for the support, and it really means a lot to us. We're going to get Cowboy Dan to sign some boots. There you go. I'll write a bull for y'all, too. <laughs> Send remember, him a remember, picture of it like remember, a postcard? <laughs> remember when I told you what they said about writing a bull? That's crazy, man. So, We're going to have to make I mean, our own podcast. We're gonna be called, it's going to be called Writing the Bull. Right. And, it's, and, and it's not about writing actual books, just living life through all the negative stuff that happens in your life. You guys can get the joke afterwards. But ah, good segment, boys. Go. Good segment. All right, let's 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 move on and let's talk about the classical Hoban. But before, because I know we're gonna spend most of our time, I want to give the ladies their proper place in the podcast. So let's briefly talk, Lady Aguilas, because. If I'm mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, they walked away with three points as well. Yes, two one win against Cholos Feminine. Interesting enough, and, and this is completely hilarious. When the Cholos manager was asked about the game, she said that she was content with the draw. And the reporter had to clarify to her, like, no, your team lost. So how? Yes, I kid you not. She thought that the team had drew when she was giving the 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 post press conference to the media, and someone said, "No, you lost." Damn, sucks. I did actually. (laughs) Can you can you imagine how that is? You as the coach was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm happy to walk away with the draw, blah blah blah," and everyone was like, "But you lost." (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's just i mean i don't know 
I don't know what's going on there, but uh, the ladies come out with a very, very good result. I think it, it, it's at that point of the season too for them. It's you know they got to get every point possible, and this Cholos yeah. team is actually a pretty decent one. So for them to walk away with a a, a good result and and what was mm-hmm. looked like a pretty fought out match, I guess nothing more to say. But congratulations, ladies, for for producing as always. Yeah, they have four more games left, and the next game is against Pumas. So that one's going to be interesting. So, that, so yeah. it looks like it's a classical week all around for the men and the ladies. Yeah, shout, shout out to Daniela Espinosa in that game. She's, she got a brace scoring both goals for the ladies after they were down a goal. Look at that fighting spirit from, from even our hashtag Lady Aguilas. There you go. Yeah, and then uh, we got some of the some of the ladies too called out Dude, to the Sumer. I, I, I the need to watch Sumer. this. The, the thing you were saying about, like, he didn't know he won. I have to yeah, see that now. I've, I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah, she completely is just like, what? And then everyone's like, yeah. So. <laughs> the chat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's embarrassing, you know? Yeah, and you That's the last thing you want to see, especially in a game that's supposed to be growing. And, and, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people in Mexico that, diminish the game as well because of situations like this and you don't want any of this to come back and and hot not even the cholos team but just the league as a whole for the ladies you know is it, yeah. it's something that should be taken very serious and just moments like these i'm afraid that will just tarnish the growth of it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and right yeah. now more now than ever we can't tarnish any growth considering what happened with the with the national team and it just needs to go up from here, you know. We just, like I said, we can't afford uh, any any uh, any step. Any more setbacks? Mm-hmm. Any yeah. more setbacks? But I will say this: it was very hilarious. <laughs> and if it was to happen to a men's thing, oh, can you imagine the memes? The memes. Imagine, <laughs> imagine it happens like <laughs> United or something. Probably. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. <laughs> oh man! But you know, that was that. But you know, congratulations to the ladies, and we'll keep you guys updated as much as possible. As always, as always, ladies, we wish we could talk so much more about you, but we can only do so much with the YouTube highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but keep doing it, keep killing it, and we, uh, we, we might just have to hire someone to talk about Lady Aguilas. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. I mean, I don't know who you know down there that's covering the game. Oh, I know people. Don't worry. Uh, okay, Christian with the connections. Okay, okay, but. Then I don't feel right not like just having one person talk about it, and then we're just like, uh huh, uh huh. You know, I want to be part of the conversation as well. But what if I told you that this person follows both teams? No, I mean, like, why we need to watch the games? That's what I'm saying. Like, we need to watch them. (laughs) Oh, I I try to watch as much as I can. We, we, but it's very hard when there's no live broadcast. We need to, um, now who's ever done this and. I would say show of hands, but there's no way the group chat can say show of hands. But um, just who, have them type I. Yeah, just who say knows, Who knows about illegally, illegally having Mexican cable here in the United States? I think Snow doesn't. Snow. No, that's legal. But that's legal. That's, that's legal. legal. No, what I mean illegal is okay. So for example, here. We have. How are you, um, you going to say this and our FBI agent watching this? And like, now yeah, we're like, my FBI down. agent's like texting me right now, and he's like, "What is this Ivy kid saying?" 
He's like, cut it off, cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the, so for example, we have DirecTV here, right? In the United States. Well, uh-huh. in Mexico, they have called Sky, right? Yes. Sky. So that they literally, you literally, what you do is you get all the kind of gear. So the satellite, the uh, everything that you would use to hook up in Mexico, you'd bring it here to the United States. And you uh, and and that's how you get cable from Mexico. So you you watch every, you can get every single channel from Mexico Yo, here dude, in the United States. Don't be surprised if the FBI is knocking on your door in like in about an hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny though because it's 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 so it's so easy to obtain, especially for those people who live so close to the border, like me. I'm just like three hours away from TJ. You just go, you 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 buy what you need, and you come set it up at home, and you know. Presto, you're you're good to go. Don't do it. Um, actually, that's something I've been wanting to do for a while now. But that's just- oh really? Oh, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> we'll keep it there. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, you know what, dude? Tomorrow we're gonna get like a notice. Oh, your show has been canceled. We just got you just got more PR damage. Things happen. Ah, uh, it's whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> Lady Aguilas. Hopefully, next season will be uh better in terms of broadcasting for you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we'll we'll keep a close eye, a close eye on it. But uh, you know, keep going and, and, and keep using that hashtag, Lady Aguilas, people. I, eventually, it will come to one of them, and they will be more than happy to know that you know they have a very very good audience here in the United States. Exactly. And across the world as well, if I'm not mistaken, our good friend from Ireland also does the hashtag, Lady Aguilas. Yeah, I think so. Just spreading, spreading the love. Nice. Nice. Well, gentlemen, we come to the last end of the business. America versus Cruz Azul, the Clásico Joven, will take part this Saturday. I believe it's a late night edition of this game. 7 mm-hmm. p.m. for me, 10 Eastern for you, 9 p.m. Central for you, Dylan. And then, of course, our good friends at Mountain Time. That is 8 p.m excited for this one right i think we've been anticipating this matchup for quite some time now especially especially since the league started and cruz was running away with it a lot of people were just com- contemplating america versus cruz Azul. what is that game going to look like with everything everything going on in regards to the team because you know both are now sharing stadiums both recently have had games that have been an absolutely amazing, amazing spectacle in regards to goals and actions. So a lot is going to be played and a lot of anticipation, a lot of hype is going into this game, as maybe as much as hype as a Clásico Nacional would. Listen, from the moment I saw Cruz Azul being informed and kind of like this uh, powerhouse message they sent out throughout the league i knew that this game saturday night 10 o'clock eastern time this match will be better than our match against chivas and i've said it since probably week week four or five of the season and everyone just looked at me like yo listen you're like chill like this is gonna fall off any minute now and they haven't they've stayed one two three throughout the whole season they haven't dropped this is going to be a very interesting match. I cannot wait for this game. 
And we'll talk about the logistics sides of things, what the numbers would look like with a win, with a draw, with a loss, and what it does for the teams in regards to, you know, spirit and, and, and the way that they look at the rest of the season in regards to set results. But let's let's talk a little bit about the history that this team, these two teams kind of share. Because before before it was this America Cruz Azul, and then the America Cruz Azul was actually cemented that final in 2013. That was when an America Cruz Azul became the thing. You know, before that, it was just a classical Hoban. And the reason why it's called the classical Hoban, because it's two very good, two very good teams that are rivals that just happen to be neighbors in the city, which yes. is why they called it a classical Hoban. It was basically a derby. Mm-hmm. In recent times, it's become this actual classical. But beforehand, it was just kind of this classical Hoban kind of thing. You know, now it's become the kind of pivotal game for Cruz Azul and a very important game for America because after you win a final against Cruz Azul in the manner that you did, everything else after that was, is Cruz Azul going to finally get their revenge? Is Cruz Azul finally going to get one back for the title they lost against America? So there was this all kind of things stacking up on top of this game that now you've got itself just completely a very, very good, attractive game. We've seen games where America has had to come back. We've seen games where Cruz Azul has put in such a good fight. We've seen games where both teams go back and forth. We've seen one game where America dominates. We've seen one game where Cruz Azul dominates and this and that. And the results, they're all over the place sometimes, but ultimately they're very, very good. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now, gentlemen, I speak to you and ask you, how are you guys feeling before kickoff, just a couple of days before Saturday's matchup? And also, shout out to Mr. Jason Marquitz, who is hopefully listening to this podcast and who was on last uh, last season's podcast talking about this game. And uh, someone who follows Cruz Azul, who is a very passionate fan and uh, who's a good friend of the Liga MX community. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. But gentlemen... Tell me, how are you guys coming into this game? Confident. Okay, confident. Dylan. Yeah, um, I guess I, I guess I can say I'm pretty confident. You know, I do got some butterflies in my stomach because um, of where these two teams are and, and the way these team two, these two teams can play in terms of their players and you know um, some bench options for both teams. But overall, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty confident about this game. Okay, so I'm, I'm the only one that's maybe a little bit hesitant when it comes to this game. Okay, I I doesn't that's understandable though. Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, I I do I do have those butterflies, like I said, in my stomach about it. But I'm not hesitant because I think that this game is not going to go according to plan. I, I'm just hesitant because I'm afraid of what America is going to put out there on the pitch. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But still, without a doubt, it's going to be a very exciting game. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Two very, very good teams in terms of position for position. Um, a Cruz Azul that feels like, you know, they like, like you said, they have they have something to prove against us in a way. You know, they still they're still looking for like that that revenge, and you know, may, maybe this match will be kind of like that for them. You know, they they're gonna want out here and to to beat us at the Estadio Azteca too, considering that now they want to call it their home. You know, there's a lot riding on this, in my opinion. So yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about this kind of home field advantage, which dare I may say may we even go to Cruz Azul because well fans seem to be showing more than us. Now not recently though. Recently it's been kind of even. 
yes, it has been quite even recently. But now my question is here, how is it that the teams in regards to fans, are, are they going to respond? And a lot of fans are looking forward to this for both sets. Question is, who is going to be home, America or Cruz Azul, in regards to the amount of tickets that are sold and the amount of fans that go and see? That's a tough one. Because I'm willing yeah. to say it's split Listen, down the middle. I, I would yeah. say split down the middle as well, but I don't know the, the behind-the-scenes ticket sales supposedly because there's been some reports where apparently Cruz Azul gets like first day bids and then America fans get to buy their tickets as well. I've also seen reports where no you guys will all get to buy your 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 tickets like on this date and that's it only. Um I've also seen something where you know America will have two or three sections and the rest will only be available for Cruz Azul fans. See I I really don't believe most of them but like I think like you guys said though I think it'll be 50-50. Yeah. Which is the reason why I asked that is because I feel like a big part of this game is going to be tied down to what the fans bring definitely. to the atmosphere. Mm-hmm, definitely. You know, what what is it going to be like? And and yeah. you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and find out Saturday, but I have a good feeling that it's going to be 50-50. Same. You know, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you you would think though that you would have more America fans, obviously, because you know you're you're having this this sense that, like you said, like Cruz Azul are now claiming Azteca as a home when it's never has been. You know, just 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 right now, and so you would think you know this would upset the America fans to come out and do their best to to pack it more than Cruz Azul fans. But you know, at this point in stage when we're looking at it, you know, I just have to agree fifty fifty. Interesting, but now before we stray away from the Sarasica, let's talk a little bit about the pitch. How how well do you think the pitch is going to be looking like on Saturday? Who knows? Because Grosso has a match tomorrow, so yeah. we'll get a bit of a taste of what the Azteca is looking like, and then whether or not you know they destroy the pitch or not, we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know that pitch, as as bad as it was, it could have been worse against Cholos. Mm-hmm. But I mean. You never know I what's going to happen. But listen, these teams have been playing on the same pitch for the whole season. Pitch should not be a factor in this game. Yeah, no, but it really it, shouldn't. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about factor here. I'm just talking about visual. You know, because if 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 it, if this is one of the games, because look, if, if you're marketing, if you're Liga MX at this point, you want to market the best game possible. What better way than to pit first place against second place, and have this kind of be your showcase show all. And then they tune in and they see this crappy ass field on this humongous stadium. That doesn't give a good look, and that's 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 my only reason why I bring that up. No, no, yeah, I understand why you bring it up, but like, I mean, in terms of but gameplay, I don't like, think it, yeah, in regards to yeah. gameplay, I don't I don't think that should be too much of a factor. Yeah, definitely. Then again, if we start seeing long ball United in in regards to to that, then maybe we we can throw a little bit to the pitch, but we'll discuss that about that next week whether or not we see that, but. Um, now let's get into the into the swing of things. You know, America's coming in hot. First place. Looks like we're steamrolling. Cruz Azul finding themselves in a bit of a rut. A little bit, yes. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit because they say they lost this game. Yeah, just a little bit. Though, yeah. we, we can't over-exaggerate. They were winning. We'll see what the spirit is like after their Copa Mekis game. But both teams coming in hot. Both teams looking good. 
both teams with very good players. Very good now, players. It's going to come down, and I promise you, it's going to come down to three things. One, the most important part, your tactics. Which manager has the better tactics? Because on paper, both teams play roughly the same lineup, a 4-4-2. Hmm. Mm, I have to dis- disagree with you there. Why? Because we don't play a 4-4-2? No, Cruz Azul doesn't play a 4-4-2. Cruz Azul Sometimes. plays a 4-3-3. But it could be argued that sometimes we play in that sense like that. But I, I, I get what you're saying in regards no, to that. Yeah, yeah, but, um, but still similar, though, you know. And Oh, is there a ghost in there? No, it's just the one of the lights turned off. Oh, okay. <laughs> I saw you looking. I was like, "Oh my god, there's a ghost." Let me, let me check. This <laughs> no, no, no. We're good. Okay, but yeah, mm. but but I see what I see what you're saying though. Roughly, kind of same play styles in the, in a sense. So tactic wise, it's gonna be so important, mm-hmm. right? Then the most second important part of that is your midfield battle. Oh, Who's gonna win it? What player is gonna be up for it? And last, the most important battle that you're gonna be wanting to win. Is the goalkeeper battle between Marche and Corona? It's gonna come down to which goalkeeper is having a better night. Corona's our son. Which defense is having a better night too? But most importantly, which goalkeeper at that sense? Both the goalkeepers coming in in good forms. I don't know if you guys saw the game against Querétaro and Cruz Azul. Chuy was making some very good saves. So it looks like he's found himself a, a bit of a springboard as well. Marche, of course, we 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 know what he's he's done and what he's capable of. So, three very important battles. The most important one, of course, the tactics. Second most important, the midfield battle. And then third, I think it's going to be that goalkeeper battle. Right. Can I add now, the defense into this too? A little bit. A little bit. And I only say a little bit because I think their defense is a little bit more solid than ours. Yes, I was going to say that. Yes, their defense is definitely more solid than ours. Even though they conceded two goals in a minute in their last game, but we shouldn't we shouldn't look past that though. Yeah, but then you know, a lot can be said about our defense too. No, yeah, that's why you know I agree with you that Cruzazul's defense is better than ours. <laughs> um, in terms of defending and goal scoring, I don't know because we kind of have a little edge over there, you know. We do, we do, we we actually really do. Even though they have Pablo Aguilar, you would imagine that that would have been a little bit more goals, but. Um, let's talk in primarily about the tactics here. And before we do that, let's talk about the formation that we most likely will see coming off the bat for Aguilas. So Dylan, I throw it to you. Give me your predicted lineup for Cruz Azul. I think you just take out liners and you start at even. I think we're going the same, same lineup. Interesting, because this is what we're going to talk about. We were going to talk about the lineup and how controversial it's going to be. Because I promise you, as soon as the confirmed lineup is out, we're going to have a lot of controversy on Twitter, on Facebook, anywhere you go. It's going to be controversial everywhere. Okay, Do you so, have an uh, inside scoop or something? Mm, no, but my gut is telling me. Okay, and, let me see. And we'll discuss this right now. So, Christian, tell me your predicted lineup. It's basically... There's basically Dylan's, you know, Marchesin, Jorge Sanchez, Aguilera, Valdez, Paul Aguilar, Andres Ibargüen, Guido Rodriguez, Mateo Cedro, Renato Ibarra, and Roger Martinez. So we all agree, because that's my same lineup too. We all agree Diego Lainez hits the bench. Yes. Why? Biojo, but yes, he will. Yeah, Biojo. I mean, I mean, how crazy is that? That we've all 
just normalized Linus but, after the tremendous. I mean, have you seen a game like that from Diego Linus? No. no. And yet we're ready to put him on the bench. No. And I'm ready to put him on the bench, not because Piojo, because I think I would have done the same thing. Uh, see, I wouldn't have. I would have kept this exact same lineup that you put against Tijuana. I would have put it out against Cruz Azul. But that's just me, though. But, and it's interesting that a lot of people will, will say how crazy it is that, that we're normalizing this, that Diego Linus can just go back to the bench after the tremendous game he had. But it's true. It's what we're going to see. And as much as we think that Linus deserves his startup, I don't know if he really is going to get it. We let. I, I think at the end of the day, all three of us want us want to be wrong and want to have Linus start. Correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. No doubt. It's just you know, like like we said, you know, I I think I think it's obviously just just looking from Piojo's perspective. Piojo just not like you know he's gonna he's gonna put you out there. Now a lot of people would say. Forget that. Take Roger out. Put in Oribe. Problem solved. Right? Yes. Problem. But can you guys tell me why that that maybe causes an even bigger problem? Who Oribe for Roger? And uh, Oribe yeah, because Oribe drops back. Yeah, that's and yeah, Linus uh, is in the position. Yeah, Linus can't can't possibly play a striker position. That's right. So, exactly. So as soon as you put Oribe Peralta in Roger's spot, you completely lose that striker position. You are and literally guess, playing with with a midfield. And a defense and no forward whatsoever. I think that's where people are missing the point that that's Oribe's thing. He doesn't he doesn't want to stay in the box, you know, and get get fed balls. He wants to go for the ball and then you know make a play out of that. You know, I, I think people don't realize that. We've talked about this on this podcast that he is changing his game. He's transitioned into a different Oribe. He is no longer the Oribe that is in the box. You know, this fox in the box. He is just this Oribe Peralta that floats between that cam and center forward position and just finds himself in great pockets of spaces and in great positions because he has that striker instinct in him, but he also isn't that striker. He, he's, he does great at being the second striker. When it's a 4-4-2 and he plays as a second striker, he does it well because he has that liberty to go back and receive the ball. Like we said, he's worked on his game. Now he's more of a Pass me the ball. I will shield it. You can play off me, and we can get plays going off like that. And then that's how he can find himself in these great pockets of spaces for him to finish. In regards to him being the lone striker, not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Not a good idea because Oribe Peralta, he's, he has such tenacity to press and drop back to receive a ball. Like we said, he's going to receive it, and guess what? We have nobody, nobody to pass it to up forward. And Against Cruz Azul, I promise you that our most most important and our most effective way of making them kind of feel the pressure is going down the middle. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will say why, though, because I feel like our triangulations between our midfield are going to be more strong against Cruz Azul. Is, and we'll, we'll discuss that in, in, just, in just a little bit. But our to- wide game is going to be important, yeah. but I think what we produce down the middle is going to be even more vital. Because, let's face it, if we're going down the wings, we're we're setting up cross after cross after cross, and there are two very good center backs, one of them by the name of Pablo Aguilar, that will eat crosses every single day. So there's no reason why to pl- to play to their you know to to their strengths, force mm-hmm. them, and that we we should know how 
Pablo Aguilar sometimes looks a bit weak in that one-on-one situation when it comes to fast, pacey, strong striker, which is something that Roger might have on him Mm -hmm. if Roger decides that he wants to show up. But what way to show up in this game? What a way it would be indeed. But I think this is why I I say, no, you just can't switch Oriye Peralta in for Roger and think, boom, settled. Yeah. We can keep Linus as starting position. Look, I love Linus. I love me some Linus. But the way we play against Cruzul, the tactics just call for Linus on the bench. Yeah, definitely. But mm-hmm. that's not to say he can't come in and change the game because I think he could be the yeah. absolute game changer as a super sub in this matchup. Yeah. And I think that's would, what we want. Would I don't really see it happening, but you know, just you know, if we're top talking talking hypothetical potentially, would would it be a surprise if we see a repeated lineup for y'all? Very surprising. Only because that means Oriol Peralta rides the bench. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. Like like I said, you know, I'm not saying like that it will. I don't really see it happening because we know Piojo. And, you know, just, just kind of something to think about too because, I mean, if you really look at it, you know, you're just taking out one player put, and putting it in another player. It, and that's that's the thing. No, no, you you worded it perfectly. That's what a lot of people think. It's you're just taking one player, putting another one. When really you're just by doing so, you completely change all your tactics and throw them completely yeah. against. You know, you flip on 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 their head, in in just throwing Roger out and putting Oriol Peralta in. That's two yeah. different players. Two yeah. different players are going to do you two different functions in the game. So yeah. that's no, why no. you can't really do that. Yeah, no, no, just, just just trying to put it out there too. I'm just wondering about that. And I think with you saying it like that, you, I think it brings the perfect perspective of how these two teams, how these two players, completely change the face of the America attack. Because with Roger, yeah, you yeah, have a sense of of a of a target man. In Ori Peralta, you have sense of more of a of a of a player you can play off of. You know, yeah. One yeah, is more exactly. of an outlet. One is more of more of a target. So exactly. in that sense. That's really why you just can't switch out these two. But I, I think we all agree it, it's it's going to be Roger and it's going to be Oribe, and then everything else is going to be the same. Following that, mm-hmm. it's interesting how we didn't mention Edson Alvarez. I think at this point, Edson Alvarez just is going to ride the bench. Yeah, until mm-hmm. maybe until one of them messes up, and you don't want to at this point. No, exactly, you don't want to, especially not this game. Especially at this part of the season. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So. It, you know, it sucks because it's it's a cruel, cruel way to punish him for someone who's had a great season. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I did I don't I don't see Edson starting anytime. Yeah, I don't either. Mm-mm, no. I don't either. No. And just unless some freak thing and coming I off go. the bench, I yeah. see him. Hundred percent of the time, yeah. he can come in. Yeah. But starting, and, and I hate it kills me because Edson is probably the best center back that we have, but. Yeah, in, exactly. in regards to form, right now you don't really want to touch what's working. Exactly. Exactly. Why? 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 Why fix it if it's not broken? Okay, there you go. <laughs> and a lot of people will be like, "Well, then why would we just not repeat the lineup and we go back to it?" Because we all know what he was going to start. He has to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As someone mentioned in the chat, there, there's, there's no way that Oribe does not start this Saturday, and it's true. There's no way. Exactly. Mr. Chris Forty Five says, "Or what about Piojo switching to a line of five? I think we will oh, okay. all disagree to that. 
I think yeah. if you saw a line of five, you would completely lose your heads and think, Listen, why? Cruzul is dangerous up yep. top. Their players up yep. top, they're, yep. they're very dangerous. You do not want to give them the ball. You do not want them <laughs> to keep attacking you. That's something you do. I, I don't want to repeat of Pumas. Exactly. Basically. And that's what we came out that. with, right? And this is a better yeah, that's what we came out with, yeah. Mm-hmm. So work with what's working. And that line, that, that back five worked for us wonders in 2013. The game's changed dramatically ever since. Mm-hmm. And now this back four with four midfielders, occasionally a, a center forward or two strikers has been completely magic for us at this point. And, I, I, you know, you continue your good run of form, you know, you can only wonder what, what this America side is capable of. Now, we got the lineup out of the way. Let's talk in regards to tactics. And by tactics, I mean, let's talk about that midfield battle because it's something that I wanted to bring up. You have the likes of Guido Rodriguez going up against the likes of Ivan Marcone. Is that how you say his name? Marcone. That's how I I say it, yeah. So, literally, midfielder against midfielder. Two, probably the two best midfielders right now in Mexico. Top three. I put Guido Pizarro over Marcone, but that's just me. Okay. Two of the best midfielders in Mexico City right now. Okay, yes. Going head to head <laughs> in a battle of who controls what. And I think it's so important that Guido walks out of this as the victory, as the guy who kind of, you know, takes it. Now, it's funny enough because, you know, Guido Rodriguez is kind of like the man who kind of holds the midfield doesn't can support in the attack, but you know him for how much space he covers. Ivan Marcona does a little bit of both. He holds the midfield, but he also goes and and and, and attacks. Mm-hmm. I think that gives Guido a bit of the edge. It does, yes. Because mm-hmm. Guido will not commit too much to the attack the way Marcona will. Now, with that said, does that mean that we will see them collide more often than not on the pitch? It could be, yeah. It but could that's, be. But that's when you have to shine. Yeah, that's because because you look back at, at this past game against Cholos and and Guido had a decent game, but you know he can be better. Mm-hmm. Completely, completely. And I think this is the end end all game that he needs to shine because he's he's literally going up against his counterpart. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. literally. And you want him to come out on top on this one. So it's important that these two players have a supporting cast. What does that mean? That means that Mateo Suribe oh, comes dude, to the is, rescue. This is the game he needs to show up. Yeah, he really he needs, needs, to. needs to show up this game. And for Marcona, Baca will be important for him. So as much as we say Guido and Marcona are important, it's the supporting cast alongside him that will determine which midfielder wins that battle. Mm-hmm. So Mateo Suribe, even though we haven't really mentioned him, has probably just as much of an important role as Guido at, at this point. And I will say this, though. Uribe is going to be very important for us going forward. What he can produce and what passes he can make and what triangulations he can do with whom is going to be important as to whether or not we can break that Cruz Azul defense in an instant or whether or not they're going to read us right away. Right. Mm-hmm. That partnership he's been making with Oreo Peralta, I think is going to have to flourish this game more than ever. Of course. I can't yeah, but, You're hitting yeah, all the right points right now. Yeah, definitely. Like you just, just gotta, it's gotta be right that, like that too. And he's gotta realize and step up. 
too as well because obviously we look we look back at Trollo's game, not his best game. We know we know the Matthias what it can be. Yeah, we know he can influence more. We know he could be more of an influence. He, he needs to be key. And he's, and he, you know, I, I just haven't seen enough. And hopefully in this game we do. So yeah. we talked a little bit about the midfield. Now let's talk about the team as a whole, what we need to see them do in regards to winning this game. I think one thing we said time and time again, and I think we'll continue to say this until this actually comes true, is you, you, you got to take the game to them from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kick off, do what you've been doing in the second half and just go at them. Don't let them get a feel of the ball. Don't let them get comfortable. And don't let them get creative and, you know, actually execute their tactics. You know, keep them on the defense. Keep them on their toes. Keep them off balance. And trust me, we, we will get an early goal. And if we do, that means that we then control the match after that. Mm-hmm. And or do not do sit we... back after we get that yeah. lead. If we get that lead, do not sit yeah, back. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. I mean, the... the... Did you kind of expect it, or does the team not at this point? I mean, you would think not because it's a classical, but at the same time, it's in the back of your mind that it's possible still. Mm-hmm. It's completely, completely true. So, okay, so we have that. Now, I think it's just simple. From there on, you just want them to play the easy ball. Play simple. Don't force a pass. Don't risk anything. And if you need to, play it back. Reset. Don't. Yes, reset. Don't force yourself. Don't force yourself. And don't put yourself in a situation in which the ball is not 100% secure. Mm-hmm. And, and with that said, finish the damn chances that get in front of you. <laughs> it's just, it's as simple as yeah. that. Especially against the best defensive team in the league, you're going to want to have to finish your chances when you get them. Because you feel like you're not going to get as many. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, anything else you guys want to add on in regards to tactics? Listen, I just I don't want to seem like I'm praising Cruzul so much, but I hope Miguel Lera stresses to them that this team they're dangerous. You know, if you look at their players, they're dangerous, and they're going to be dangerous in this game, especially against America. Listen, guys, do not do not like you, you you're hitting all the points perfect. Do not give away an easy ball. Do not let them potentially on the counter attack because they will punish you, and you know they might not be you know, scoring as many goals as we are since we are the best offensive. But, you know, they're, they are top top three, you know, top three offensive teams in the league. So a ball, a, a kind of attack that they have, you know, it's a goal for them in any in any moment of the game, and we cannot, we cannot let that happen. Dylan? You stress tactics a lot, Ivan, but to me, these players got to show up and still be consistent throughout the game and take off, take the momentum they've built for themselves these past two games against Tigres, against Cholos, and come out and still play with that too as well. And, you know, I do agree, you know, we talked about these tactics and these are some things that they got to do, but you got to, these players got to go and execute that plan too as well. You can't just say that, just can't half-ass it. I'm sorry, I've cussed. I'm really sorry. I, y'all don't hear me do that as much. I'm, I'm really sorry, but they just can't go out there and be lazy about it like these players really got to come out and and perform and they know they got to do that and like christian said you got to come to them and realize you know this is a, this is a top three team you know these guys are second behind you you know so obviously this is a big game and i really hope they have that mindset because this is a classical two as well and so just going out playing their game finding their identity early scoring the early goal and then just just take it from there and be consistent throughout the game it's been a while since Cruz Azul has been in a top level, you know, and I don't know. I feel this game's going to have a whole different vibe to it, whole different intensity. 
Mm-hmm. So strong words from Christian and Cowboy Dan in regards to what the team needs to do. And and these two gentlemen bring up very good points in, in, in regards to one aspect, the tactic parts of don't don't let yourself don't let yourself get lost in transition and get you know broken with a counterattack and also going out there and executing and kind of running off on the good form that you have playing as a team is the most important thing and you know knowing where you stand with your good run of form and using that catapulting yourself and placing you into that next spot into that next level is important like Dylan was saying so it's it, it, it's all going to come down to whether or not all these things gel perfectly in the players' heads and whether or not Bielko has them in that right mindset. You guys mentioned this. It's a Classico. It's a derby. It's a game in which you have to put everything on the line. And, yes, it's not a super Classico, but guess what? In most recent years, this game's probably had a little bit more flair than some of the you know, super Classicos at times. So, you know, this game's going to mean a lot to some of these players, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's just about showing passion, showing pride. Trust me, Cruzul is going to want it just as much as America wants it. So it's who's going to want it more, which team's going to put in the more effort, which one's going to have a little bit more heart. Most importantly, who's going to be able to cancel out who? I think you, you mentioned it perfectly, Christian. Cruzul on the counterattack is 100% lethal. Now, how do you stop a team that has a very good breakaway? And I think it's as simple as shutting down their wingers. Yeah, Rafa Vaca and, and uh, Roberto Alvarado. Yeah. Now, how do you do that? Break their legs. <laughs> okay, without without okay. going too too too. <laughs> how do you break uh, down wing play? I'm sorry. How do you break down wing play? It's simple tactics 101. Oh, shoot, I didn't take this class. <laughs> you cancel them out by forcing the team to play down the middle. You force Cruz Azul to utilize their midfield more than they do their wings. Now, what does that mean? What does that that mean? That means that Paul Aguilar and George Sanchez are going to have a very, very tough game in regards to break into controlling their midfielders. And dare I say, Renato Ibarra and Ibarwin are going to have to drop a little bit more than they're used to if yes. you want to cancel out the midfielders. I don't think Ivada has a problem with that. Is Ivada winning that? Yeah, he's uh, the only one that really wins. Ivada really will in. hustle all game long. Is Ivada yeah. sometimes like, where are you, man? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it's it it's important because it's not even it's it's not even uh you know Alvarado or whoever there or Elias Hernandez. You know, yeah. it's it's not them too. It's also your fullbacks that they have to worry about. Which is why I said you need you need Ivada and Ivada went to to drop back, and at times even Manmark, you know. Close down. Make sure the the most important thing about this is don't let them win. Que no te ganen la espalda. I I don't know why it came on in Spanish, but don't let them win you your back. Because at the moment you let them pass you like that is when all they need is a good over the ball pass and they've beaten you. So mm-hmm. man mark him. Always stay behind your player. Always stay behind your player unless you can get them on account on a on an offside trap. But even then, that's a little bit uh, that, that that's a little bit hesitant. But Man mark if you need to, but keep them, keep them pressed, keep them very, very zonal in regards to the way they play down the middle, and force the pass to go inwards, not outwards. Right. Mm-hmm. I hope Yoho's working on this during the week. I really do because it's 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 the one way to beat Cruz Azul at their own game is by forcing them to play down the middle because there's a monster of a player in that middle waiting for that Cruz Azul midfield, and he goes by the name of Guido Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. You, are, you know, we always joke around like, yo, you know, you're listening to this. So what if he actually does? And you're like, all right, I'm just going to do the complete opposite of what they're saying. He <laughs> <laughs> just, you know what? I haven't said this. We're going to go this complete opposite way. We're going to let them have the wings and we'll just close off the middle. <laughs> oh, man, that's not good because as much as, uh, as much as, this is what I don't get about our defenders. They are amazing when when we have to go and take a corner. They are winning headers. They are scoring goals. When it comes time to defend defend across, why can't they get their head to it? It's like they forget how to head the ball. It's just they find themselves in horrible positions, and it's just like no, we can't. We cannot allow Cruzul to get us on that counterattack to their wingers. Because I promise you. I am not 100% with that ball coming in from 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 across and trying Bruno or Aguilera to get to get it away. I think Paul Aguilera is going to have the toughest night every, yeah. in between Jorge no. Sanchez and Sanchez is Sanchez is going to have the toughest night. Isn't San, Sanchez is, is defending Edgar Mendes and Rafa Vaca. Paul no, Aguilera no, no. is defending Elias Hernandez and Pio mm-hmm. Alvarado. Pio yeah. Alvarado is going to go out through the right, isn't he? No, Pio Alvarado is he's left with Elias. Left and combined, they have seven goals, and they're both top four in Cruz Azul goal scoring or top five. I meant mm-hmm. interesting, still yeah, that, that's why I'm saying probably difficult night, the toughest night, difficult but, night for whoever, difficult, difficult night, night overall, difficult night overall. Yes, mm-hmm. but I have confidence that we will prevail from this, yeah. definitely. And maybe this is why, too, you don't want to see Linus start this game. And, and I'm not glad we brought it up because it's. As much as we praise Linus, how well is his defense? Not even that. It's just we know he makes errors, and this is a game where you need to have minimal errors in order to win. Yeah, you know? exactly. As great as he is at, at at getting us going on a counterattack and taking on players, at this point, it's 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 a bit too risky to have someone to come in and try. It. Let's say you you take out Ibarwin and put in Linus there. How well are you confident in Linus dropping back and actually playing that role? I, I can see him dropping back, but I can also see him kind of giving up, you know, things here and there. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I, I see what you mean. But he can be a great 60th minute change and completely flip Azul on their heads. Because like we said, the most important way to hurt Azul is also playing down the middle for us. And mm-hmm. Linus loves being in that midfield spot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To wait and yeah. see. I have to wait and see. So America is gonna go out with a traditional four four two, but not really. It's gonna be a four four one one. But it could be. It could be a four it, two it, three it, two. It, 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 it's gonna vary. But you can you can you can bet a, a good decent amount of money that Oriol Peralta is gonna be playing a little bit deeper in the midfield more than he is as as a striker. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think it was a good. I think this is a good way of letting people know what they can expect from America, what they can expect from Cruz Azul. How's the best way to them right. to combat them? Um, I think we have came up a lot. Now it's all that's good. left is predictions. Predicting. Um, predicting. Not just the scoreline, but give me one player who is going to have a standout game for America and give me your prediction. So I throw it to you first, Christian. <clears throat> um, I think Mateo Sidibe is gonna have his game this this Saturday. I think Mateo Sidibe will be all over. 
that midfield and creating chances. Uh, I think I'm going to one America. Okay. Okay, Dylan. I have to give it to Bruno Valdez. Okay. I think you know. I I think he's, I think he's gonna be pretty key in uh, in the defense. You know, despite um him you know losing his his spot to Edson whenever he had that red card, and then he obviously I think he, he gained it pretty back too pretty fast whenever Edson went down with the red card, and he stepped up and still showed that he can he can obviously play and he still has his stuff. And I think I'm agree with Christians could be two one. Okay. I'm going with Roger Martinez. Okay. I think he has a very important game. He has two very strong center backs that he has to muscle out, but can definitely do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going with our good friend, Mr. Chris 45. I'm going to America 2-0, wow. and Roger scores both goals. Listen, don't include us whole team. Oh my I, gosh. I don't think – as much as I love America, as much as I love Martin, as much as I love this team – I just don't think we can shut up with Cecil, to be honest. We shut him up. We shut him up. And I tell you why, because we, we shut down their wing play, and in the midfield, Guido wins it. Right. Mm-hmm. But Guido wins it, and Roger <clears throat> outmuscles the defense. But, and but, can it be, but can it be consistent the whole 90 minutes? Exactly. No. And, no, but listen, and chances, no. We are going to see spells in which Cruz Azul are the much better side. They're going to score. They're probably they're not, They're not. going to get so close to scoring. They're going to hit the post probably two, three times. But we're still going to walk away with a shutout, miraculously as well. But we're not going to see a very consistent America. But we do see enough. We do see glimpse here and there that you say, okay, this can be done. Let's keep it going. Let's keep progressing. Maybe by Liliguia we can see a consistent America. Maybe. But that's maybe. Yeah, that's that. But I do think there's going to be times in which Cruzul will be the superior team. It's just how can America cope with that and how can they get themselves from that bit of a rut and right. then, you know, transitioning that game to be, you know, handled on their end instead of mm-hmm. Cruz Azul doing it. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's much of Queretaro's gameplay against Cruz Azul was last game, you know. They um even though even though Cruz Azul for most parts of the game looked like in control, like you kinda you kinda saw Queretaro, okay. Yeah, there was me. glimpse where Queretaro yeah. actually Yeah, yeah like you come to me, him. but like watch out because like I'm I'm about to just you know just go after you right now, you know? So mm-hmm. maybe America takes a takes a page out of Cruz of Queretaro's game plan there. I hope not because that means but, but, exactly but like I was saying though, um we shouldn't really use that as our whole game plan, you know. We just still go out and press, which we should be the team that takes control of the match in our stadium, and um, yeah, we we need we need to be in control of this match in order to win. Now, I'm not to say and, and try to like hype us up in the sense that we know everything. It's just, I think if if Piojo was to use our tactics, we we walk away with with a very good result. Mm-hmm. But then again, we'll see what happens. But should be an interesting game up. Should be an interesting matchup. We're predicting it that we'll, we'll, America will get not only three points but a very good win against a very good side. And what does that mean in regards to the table? Well, that means America cements themselves even further into first place, dropping Cruz Azul down, and would be ahead of them by... If we four. win, we were in Ligia. Yeah, we yeah, hit 30, 30 points. points. That magic yeah. number. We're, if we win, we're in Ligia, yes. That magic number. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just important that, you know, we walk away with... A, the, the best possible scenario here, which is a win. Even if America plays horrible 
ugly and we walk away with a one nil win, I'm still I'm still content. Yeah. I you agree. We'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. But with that said, anything else you gentlemen want to add on before we close out the show? Yeah. No, I think I think we've did a great job of covering this game. And I don't know, man, I'm I'm hyped already. I don't know about the rest of the rest of you guys or the rest of the chat. I'm I'm hyped for this game already. I am. And just as a reminder, it's gonna be live via Univision. That is well, I don't know what channel that is for everyone, but that's gonna be live <laughs> through Univision. It's gonna be at 7 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, 7, I mean 10 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Get yourselves ready. Literally have yourself a taco or two before the game. You don't want to be eating because your stomach's going to be turning because how nervous and how nerve-wrenching this game's going to be. We're hyping this up like if it's a final, but it should be played like that because these two teams have a long line of history here. And with that said, the first place position is on the line here. Yeah. So, interesting enough, we'll have to wait and see what happens, but Two very, very good sides here. And hopefully, at the end of the day, we get to see our Aguilas walk away with three points. And like you mentioned, Christian, our home stadium, whether they want to deem us away or home, we're definitely always in the Sadesteca going to be home. So make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter, at Eagle Eye Pod. Your Eagle Eye boys will have you covered for everything in regards to first half, second half, post-match, pre-match, everything you need to know, lineups before they come out. Everything match. Everything. Every day. Every single day. Cup America 24-7. Make sure you turn on that bell notification and Twitter so you guys can always hear us tweet about the most random of stuff. Sometimes they're actually important to the game. But in regards to that, Gentlemen, I think that's it. That's it. All righty. Well, we want to wish also the Lady Aguilas a very, very good weekend. Hopefully, you guys walk away with a victory against Pumas under the Clásico there. And with that said, gentlemen, we've come to the end of the show. As always, follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes at Eagle iPod. And, uh, yeah, with that said, thank you for joining us. As always, gentlemen, thank you for coming along and previewing another great matchup for America like I said, Cowboy Dan, thank you. Christian, thank you. Anything else you guys want to say before we uh, sign off? This is our home. Yeah. All right, don't let don't let anybody fool you guys. Estadisteca is our home, and we will go there Saturday and defend it. Nice, nice. Also, tell your friends about the podcast. You know, we love we love the support. <laughs> yes, please do spread the word. Spread the word, Dylan. Yeehaw. Nothing said more than the perfect way to end the podcast. Wraps it all up in just one yeehaw. Yeehaw. Alrighty. Well, from Cowboy Dan and Christian and myself, thank you so much for coming out and joining us. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful night. Make sure you guys do tune in to our to our Twitter and we'll catch you guys on the next time. Thank you again. It's been episode 43. No, excuse me, 44 of the Eagle Eye Podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys very, very soon. Until next time, take care. And as always, Arriba America. Let's go for the win, boys. This Saturday. Ram them. Yeehaw.